Welcome to the Vets First podcast, a research-based conversation centered around the VA healthcare system, its services, and patients. From Iowa City, Iowa, here's your hosts, Dr. Levi Sowers and Brandon Ray. Welcome back to the Vets First podcast. Today, we're lucky to have Elizabeth Holmes. She's the Blinded Veterans Association National Secretary. Elizabeth, or Liz Holmes, as she likes to be called, is part of the Georgia Regional Group. She's an Army veteran, and during her career, she attended both basic and advanced ordnance courses and airborne school. In 1976, she was commissioned to a second lieutenant in the ordnance specialty, and following her military service, Ms. Holmes became a United States Postal Service employee, serving in a variety of capacities until she was forced to retire in 2014 due to her vision loss, which was uh, from glaucoma. As always, I have Brandon here with me. Hi, everyone. And Elizabeth, welcome to the Vets First podcast. We're really uh, excited to have you here. Yeah, I'm glad to be here. Hope I can help. <laughs> uh, Elizabeth, just kind of, just from the get-go, like, tell us a little bit about yourself. Like, where are you from? Just anything you want to share, how you got into the military? Like, tell us a bit about you. Okay, I was born and raised in the south side of Chicago, like mm-hmm. 15 minutes away from Indiana. You can actually walk to Indiana. And uh, I had no intentions or anything about joining any service, but I went to, when I went to college, I went to DePaul University and they had an ROTC program and they didn't have any females. And I'm like, okay, let me try this out. And it seemed like, you know, uh, I was at the point where anything a guy can do, I can probably do it, not better, but I'll do it my way. So I went ahead and joined the service. I know my parents didn't particularly care for it, but you know, I got to do what I want to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I joined the service and I, you know, I was sort of glad I was a reserve officer, which only gave me four years of active, you know, just cont- continued service, but I went on active duty for 11 years, which I sort of liked because I went to, you know, all over the States and I went to Korea and then I went to Germany. So you what, know, what, what years did you serve? I served from 1976 to 1987. Very nice. Awesome. The Army was the Army where you wore those black boots and you did everything in those black boots. Not like it is now. <laughs> <laughs> now, do you still have those black boots? Somewhere in the attic. <laughs> nice. nice. I would put them on. I don't even think I want to wear uh, BDUs anymore. I wouldn't mind the sea rashes that came in the can because those were good. But mm-hmm. the berries that they have, uh, no thank you. But uh, <laughs> that I enjoyed myself. I made sure that I did things that I wanted to do, you know, fulfilling my, my position, whatever I had. And I met a lot of great people. And unfortunately or fortunately, I have not to this point have met somebody that I served with. I still co- correspond with um, two individuals that I met back in 83, but other than that, there's no uh, no one that I've served with, hmm. which is, a, so you can say it's good and not good, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. So when you um, left the military, uh, your bit of the background that we just read, you went, in, you went and became a Postal Service employee. Yes. Well, I joined the uh, Postal Service because I wanted to keep, since I didn't retire from the military, I wanted to keep the federal years. So that was the best thing to do was join the post office because you can buy back your years and retire at a better rate. So yeah. I have 11, so 
11 years um, for the military, and then I have 25 years, which gave me 36 and a half years federal, mm. which is a good part. <laughs> yeah, that's oh, yeah. impressive. That's impressive. So uh, where did you do your ROTC training? I did that in, um, oh, that was a good one. That was in 1975 at Fort Riley, Kansas. And that was the first time they had women attending those camps. And I think they did us an injustice because they didn't want us, because there was a lot of camera crews there. Mm -hmm. They didn't want to get dirty, like underneath the um, barbed wire. They just didn't want us to do certain things. And I think that was an injustice because if you're going to be in the military, you got to do what you have to do. And um, so, but uh, I did it. And um, the guys who went before me, they all they had this recon, uh, reconnaissance badge, which called a recon badge. And I figured if all of them can do everything, all the the um, exercises, yeah. you know, required for that, I was gonna do the same thing. So I did. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm, not, I'm noticing a trend. I can do that too. Yeah, I did. And, you know, now that I think back about it, I said, you're crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Climbing off buildings and stuff like that. You know, I even in when uh, doing ROTC, we had um, we were going to have an exposition of um, uh, repelling. And mm -hmm. I says, OK, so the show you're not not really the show off of the show other women that you can do this. I went ahead and repelled off the building, you know, nice. and it was you know, like, wow. But it was only, you know, but I just got to a point where, hey, if I want to do something, you know, where there's a will, there's a way. And that's what I do. And, and that's how I got started. Well, you know, with everything that I do now and now I stop and think crazy. Hey, well, now you got those stories to go back to, though. That's that's true. And you tell some of them, they're like, what's wrong with you? you know? <laughs> but I did go to... um um like you said yeah i went to airborne training but i didn't finish because that's um, why because i went when i was if i had gone when i was younger i think i went when i was 30. so by mm -hmm. that time my, my knees were broken down from all the running we always did so i i went two weeks but then i had to pass out because i uh, uh my knees were just too much pain and they said well you shouldn't have been here anyway but they never screened me for that mm -hmm. but i said I see other people doing it. I'm gonna try too. <laughs> yeah, I'm just gonna do that. That's awesome. Well, so Elizabeth, tell us how. When did you start noticing differences in your vision? Well, you know that's another thing. I never did. Hmm. You know, I um, and it wasn't until I had one eye exam where uh, they said, you know, you you have glaucoma, and I'm like, what's that? You know, they explained it to you, and I'm like, okay, but. It just never dawned on me. I just thought, you know, things were a little bit different. Mm -hmm. So I went to one doctor and um, uh, I think the left eye, he did surgery on that one. And it, it sort of got, I want to say it screwed up. So then <laughs> I got passed yeah. on more specialist doctors mm -hmm. and they tried to save the right eye, which they did with the surgeries and needles. You know, my daughter said, how can you sit there with all those needles in you? Hey, they numb you up. You don't feel anything. Mm -hmm. You know, if it's going to help me, go ahead and stick me with a needle. But I didn't know if I was going to be six. But yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, after all that, I went to the VA, uh, the doctor I was seeing at Emory. Um, he says, I go to the VA in Decatur on Wednesdays. 
instead of you coming here, why don't you just go and be under VA care? So that's what I did. And I have a real great doctor there. Her, her name is Dr. Uh, Lori, no, 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 uh, Bonnie Lori. Lor, Lor, yeah, she just got married. Mm-hmm. And um, she referred me to their VIS coordinator. I think you guys know what the VIS coordinator is, mm-hmm. right? Yes, yeah, okay. we've, been, we've been learning this so, season. Right. So anyway, you know, and my daughter is with me, excuse me, <clears throat> and we're sitting there and I, it still doesn't make anything, any sense to me. I'm just going to keep going on, you know, and, she's, and we're sitting there and she says, you know, um, the one that really struck me is when she says, you can't drive anymore. I'm like, excuse me? <laughs> she said, no, you can't drive. And then I thought back about a time that I had my granddaughter with me and we went shopping and I almost hit some lady. And, and the bad part about it, that was my friend's wife. And oh. I didn't see her on the left. And that, and I parked the car and I said, that's it. I'm not driving anymore. So I just, we went shopping and I went home and I hung up the keys. And I said, you know, I, it didn't, that's when it affected me when I, I knew I could not drive. Yeah. And that got me, um, she says, well, you know, we have the, the blind rehab te- rehabilitation centers and we have, you know, the BVA. Well, no, she didn't say anything about the BVA. She, um, she set me up to go to uh, blind rehab in Birmingham. And there, there I, I met a gentleman, his name was Jerry, who kept insisting that I join. And I kept saying, I don't want to. I don't want to join something that I don't know anything about. And you know, that's the only time you know anything about the Blind and Veterans Association is because when it affects you. Because other than that, you hear about DVA, BVA, what do they call those other places? DAV and uh, VFW, but you don't yeah. hear anything about VA until you actually need it. Mm-hmm. That's what you find out. And while I was in Birmingham, this, this guy kept, you know, you need to join, you need to join. And I says, no, I don't want to. And it took me about, oh, four months. And every time we talked, it, 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 you know, it's hard to say. I mean, it's funny to say this, but we, uh, we, really, uh, we, we got really close friends. We made friends that we would, after he left, he would call me in and I would call him to see how he was doing. And he said, the first thing out of his mouth was, have you joined yet? Oh, God. I said, <laughs> I says, no, I haven't. But when are you going to do it? I says, all right. So I finally joined. I don't know if it was in January or April that I finally joined. And I've been happy with them ever since. And um, went to my first meeting. And there, there wasn't too many women there. And you know, when, when you finally meet somebody and they come, you know, you want to introduce yourself to some people and the first thing they ask you, um, where's your husband? I'm like, what do I need him for? <laughs> well, he's the veteran. I said, excuse me, no. <laughs> so anyway, um, that's how I joined. And I said, well, I got to get more active in this thing if I want to make sure, you know, know what's going on. So I did. And there yeah. I joined the chapter down here in Columbus and I, and then I became the, the chapter secretary. Then I became the regional secretary. And now I'm the chapter president and the national secretary. So I, I keep myself involved in a lot of things with the BVA. Yeah, but, And how the glaucoma affected me? Well, let me just say, um, it's still hard for me to picture it because I have sight in, in my right eye. And mm-hmm. with no depth perception, the depth perception in my right eye is, is 
just like tunnel vision, but <laughs> I still bump into things. And uh, last week, I don't know how I did it. I hit the refrigerator door handle from the freezer. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't get in too far and I can't judge it, you know? And then when I was in the bathroom, I hit the vanity because I couldn't judge, it was white. I couldn't mm -hmm. judge the, the difference, the distance between where I was and what I dropped. So mm -hmm. there went another bump on my head. So, <laughs> but so, so like when 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 you started or when you first were told that you had glaucoma, uh -huh. um, what what were you, like what was going through your head? Were you, were you like, well, what is that? That's the first thing probably that a lot of people try to do is what is glaucoma? What is what do I have? What were your thoughts about that? Well, I have it, and I better adjust. Mm. And that, you know. I'm not going to let it hold me back. Mm -hmm. And um, I fought for, you know, transportation here in the city because they would, they would, they say they don't come to my area. And I said, BS, you know, you pass right by my house to pick up somebody on the other side. So why can't you stop, you know, pick me up? Yeah. So mm -hmm. now that I have that, I mean, um, the guys, the guys in the chapter would say, you're never home. I says, you're right. As long as I, yeah, because that's what, you know, I wanted, when I retired from the post office, even though it was earlier than what I wanted to, um, I wanted to do a lot of traveling, pick up my granddaughter, take her here, there, and everywhere, but that was hold to a stop. Hello, doggy. You oh. know? <laughs> so, so as my, my little corgi walking around, his, his nails are pretty loud, so <laughs> I, I picked him up so he'd be, he'd be a little quieter. <laughs> well, my cat's underneath the printer sleeping on it, so... <laughs> Uh, if I could, if I could get my little guy just to lay still for five minutes, that'd be great. Yeah, we also have two two German shepherds laying here too. Yeah, but right. I don't, I don't let glaucoma keep me down. I mean, there's a lot of, I rely on my son a lot, my daughter, mm -hmm. and friends. But, uh, it's something that happened, and I remember the day that I actually lost sight in my left eye, because from my room I can see we had a lot a lot of trees in the in the in the backyard. And every day I saw less and less of the tree. And then all of a sudden it was dark. That's, you know, so I was like, okay, now I'm going to pay, you know, treat my right eye the way I'm supposed to take my drops, takes whatever they say to do. That's what I'm going to do because I don't understand. I mean, some of these guys are uh, blind, you know, I, it took me a long time how to, how to eat because I was always spill something and yeah. they there's a guy named uh, William Miles, and my son would always say, yeah, I'm going to put you in Miles and learn how to eat. That man can eat with a fork and a knife and not drop a thing. So I just watched him, and I said, Miles, show me some pointers. And he did. That's not saying I'm perfect now, but <laughs> I still I, drop. I, I spill on myself yeah. all the time. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I said, give me a bigger plate. Especially if they give you a small plate, like when you go to a restaurant, they give you a small bowl with a salad. I said, mm -hmm. no, plate. just give me a larger plate because otherwise it'll be all over. Yeah. But, um, you know, so, so when you, you know, glaucoma is, uh, what did you know about it when you started to, when you were told that you had it? Like, what was not, your, what was your understanding I, of it? I didn't know anything. And, you know, I'm learning every day when I see, um, you know, if I fit sometimes, I don't like, uh, I'm not a computer person savvy, you know, yeah. I see something if AARP puts something out or VA puts something out, I look at it and I'm like, oh, okay. But other than that, I don't, I don't, 
I'm not going to want to go into seeing why or how. I know what I am. I know what I can see. And that's good enough for me. Mm -hmm. I don't want to know what's going to happen in the future because that's the future. And there's nothing I can do that's going to prevent it. So I'm living the way it is that I can see now. Yeah. And it sounded like you had a, you have a pretty good support group between the family and BBA. Um, oh, so yes. I, uh, that sounds, especially with the, the jingles from your friend saying, hey, did you join? I think that's something that we've picked up on the interviews we've been doing this season is yeah. how important it is for yeah. uh, veterans who lose their sight over time to have a support group or people they can yes. rely on for help, right? Right. And see, when I first went to um, the BRC, that's, you know, you know what BRC, right? The blind yeah. rehab. Yeah. 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 When I first knew I was going, I had talked to one of my friends. I says, look, I don't know what I'm getting into. I don't know if I want to be around people, you know, blind mm -hmm. people or whatever people there are there. So we develop a plan. And she says, well, all you got to do is call me and I'll show up with my hoodie and we'll escape. And I says, okay. <laughs> she was ready for me. She says, I'll come get you. Even though it was like two hours away, she says, I'll come get you. But as I stayed there and I learned, wow, these people, and some, you know, when the instructors are blind too or low vision, you know, hey, there's, there's a lot I can do because I can see. It's mm -hmm. not, you know, one eye is better than no eye, but it's not a total eye, but I can work with what I have. And you, then you, you stop and you see these other guys that have no vision and they can do, you know, they can do the computer better than I can. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. It, it, you know, and it's just, um, I mean, it really was an awakening to me to say, wow, if they can do it, I can do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, you know, was there, I guess, you know, from talking to you here, I've only known you for a grand total of 15 minutes, but it seemed like you were a bit hesitant to accept that you um, needed that, or maybe you didn't need that. I'm not sure. But your hesitancy to go, can you explain why you had that or what, what prevented you from just going into it? Because I didn't know, I mean, you're in a hospital environment for one thing, and who likes hospitals? Yeah. You know? it, that's one. And then they, um, I didn't know, when I was at, at one of my previous eye appointments in Atlanta, uh, there was a gentleman there who was talking about the BRC and he said, well, they make you do this. They make you do that. They make you get on a bus blindfolded, you know, if you can see and you got to do it all by yourself and they don't touch it. Man, that scared me. Yeah. I, you know, I don't like, I'm from Chicago and I don't like going on buses. And even when I could see if I didn't know where it was going, mm -hmm. you know, and here I am that can't see and they're going to put me on a bus blindfolded. And he was just talking just negative about it. And I'm like, I don't know if I want to do that. And I thought to my friend, I said, I don't know if I want to do that. She says, well, just go and see. But, you know, we'll have this plan. I says, okay. I said, you sure you come and get me? She says, you know me, I'll come get you. And first two weeks. And I said, you still ready to come get me? Sure. And I'm like, okay, give me another week. Then after that. <laughs> now, now, did you call her out on whether or not she actually had the hoodie? Yeah, I called her and I says, you don't have to come. I'll be home soon. <laughs> That's cool. So, I, so I, go ahead. Yeah. So, you know, uh, you know, one thing I, I think that is important about these interviews is it gives people, you know, if, if a veteran was getting on and listening to your episode about glaucoma, you know, what was the 
this is a weird question, I think. It's a difficult question to ask. Uh, what was the loss of vision like over time? Was it, you, you know, you sort of mentioned losing a little bit of the tree every day. So was it like that? Was it very incremental over time with glaucoma or was it, did it, did it kind of come and go or uh, could you explain that a little bit? Okay, the left eye, it just, I it took a matter of within a, less than a week because mm -hmm. one day I see this much of the tree and then it went to this much of the tree then it went to this much of the tree and then there was no tree. Mm -hmm. So it didn't take long on my left eye, uh, but the peripheral vision just, you know, I, I, I just, you, I don't even notice it until, um, like if I can see Brandon, I don't see you. And mm -hmm. I have to on you and, and I see, when I see you, I see him. But if I see him, I don't see you. No, oh, interesting, I see. I see. Yeah. So, so, it, so it's different for both eyes or for each eye. Yes. Oh. So, okay. oh. Vision, so I can see the dog. When I see the dog, I just see your arm. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you the picture entirely. So like I said, it's it's you know um, central vision, which is it's a, you know what it is. Now I don't see too much on the top. That's why I always bump my head. You know. You yeah. Know, bump into a garage door when it's coming down you don't know it's coming down and boom. Mm -hmm. so, <laughs> crazy uh, yeah so you know, how did you come to be involved with um, the bva so through jared was, yeah through jared. jared jared and his uh well jared, yeah he finally got me to join and then he there was a uh, i think there was in um there was a convention coming up in august and he kept saying go to it and i was like no he says go to it I, you know it, i couldn't even tell you the first place i was at i don't remember mm -hmm. and, and but i said all right i'll go but i'm taking somebody with me he said that's fine you know and um i asked my sister because she was married to a blind man so i figured well who else would would know anything about what's going to happen who would be with her so we went and you know it was so odd that she says you know, this place is just so, it's just so, everybody knows what they're doing. She says, but the group that she was with her husband, she goes, everybody's just doing whatever they want. Mm -hmm. Ours was more structured. And I said, you got to remember, we're all military. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, and the other ones, they would, I don't know what they were doing. You know, but, <laughs> so anyway, um, um, that's how it was. That's how I got involved with Jerry. And um, you know, we met there, and yeah, we it was so funny. We we thought of a story. We told everybody that we met in Birmingham, which we did, and that we were married twenty years earlier, and we divorced, and here we are reunited. In the <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. I got a photo of that. Yeah, yeah. So we had everybody believing us. <laughs> so. Say you're say you're a vet that's going through a similar experience, and you don't have a uh, Jerry calling you up with the intro of "Hey, you gonna join? Hey, you gonna join?" And you and you're saying you had that hesitancy of uh, "I'm gonna go in" because, like you said, no one like no one likes hospitals, and and how do you go about that? And we've been learning throughout the season how um, how important it is uh, for um, the veterans with vision loss, like to become interconnected, kind of know, knowing that they're not alone, that kind of stuff. Uh, how would you, how would you tell a veteran, uh, like to get over that hurdle saying like, Hey, it's okay to like, 
go out and ask for help or it's okay to uh, find these people or how they would go about doing it? Like, what, what are your thoughts on that? Well, you see, I would, um, I don't even know how it happens, but I would be getting phone calls from uh, people saying, uh, I got your number from this lady or from the uh, West Georgia Eye Care. And I'm like, okay, uh, I'm a blinded veteran. And I'm like, oh, that, I said, well, okay. I says, well, uh, you know, we have the Blinded Veterans Association if you care to join us. And well, you don't understand. And I said, well, I may not understand you, but I know what's what you're going through because I, you know, even though I didn't feel bad about it, I said, but I'm in the same shoes you are. So, and I said, there's um, other veterans here that uh, there's my support. There's Cliff Jones, who, I mean, he and I, when I first came, he, he we started talking every day, and he would say, don't worry about it. You know, if you ever need me, just call me. And then if I needed to know something about mobility or how to eat, I would call William, William Miles. So, but there's a lot of us in there who, you know, just come and see, well, see, see, you know, come and join us and you will not feel, you'll feel at home, you know, everybody's the same. And we, we can't um, criticize anybody because we all do, we're all in the same boat. Yeah. We have, you know, the vision is different, but, Everybody helps each other. And if I, if I was having a bad day or, you know, I would call Cliff. And, and if somebody else was having a bad day, would call me. And, you know, so to have a, the group is very good. You know, we, we understand each other. No one can talk about anything else because they haven't, like they say, walk in my shoes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we, um, we can normally convince a person to join um, yeah, and I'm glad I did. And um, sad to say it, you know, I had two good friends. Jerry was one of them. And Patty May, um, she had a little bit more eyesight than Jerry. But uh, and what, the reason why I didn't want to go back to a BRC is because they both passed. And every time I made a friend there, a year or two later, they passed away. And I'm like, I'm not going back there again. I'm, if I go back, I'm not going to make any friends. I will not make any friends. So... Um, I haven't been back since, but no, but that's because I, you know, COVID and stuff, but yeah. I'm ready to be back, you know, and just do what I got to do and learn some more, hopefully about computers and stuff, because I still don't, if my son wasn't here with me, I, this morning I was like, this is not working, what am I doing, what did I do wrong, you know, mm-hmm. it's just something that the internet, I don't, I don't even know, what, well, he said, he said, he told me it was something, but okay, just fix it, so I can go do my business. <laughs> <laughs> so you you uh, mentioned your granddaughter earlier. She seems to be pretty important to you. Um, can you talk a little bit about how vision loss affected your family as a whole? Um, well, my granddaughter, she will, um, she did a, a, they had a science project. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, she told me too late. Otherwise, I would have given her a lot of stuff. Uh, but she did hers on glaucoma, oh, wow. which I good and I said if she would have told me ahead of time they they now live two hours away from me but I would have definitely showed up and brought a lot of stuff that I had you know to show the kids but she got third place or second place out of it you know did it and stuff that I told her you know and what she looked up but you know and uh when I visit her she would you know (laughs) it's funny when you walk down the stairs when they lived in the apartment 
she would walk in front of me and say, step, step, step. <laughs> That's awesome. You know, and, you know, the steps are steep and sometimes they're this far apart and this far apart. And I said, you know, I can't tell the difference and I'm already walking slow because I don't want to fall down the stairs. Mm -hmm. And so they step, step, step. I'm That's like, super okay. cute. Yeah. That's yeah. Awesome. It worked, you know, and then we get to the street. She says curb, you know, and so, uh, yeah, she's a good kid and she helps me out. And sometimes. Yeah, the dynamic worked out. Yeah, sometimes she'll forget to tell me about the door, you know. <laughs> do you ever give her some grief about that <laughs> yeah i do i said what's wrong with you you know i can't tell the door <laughs> so i you know i said now if i you know you're gonna go in first and you're gonna hold the door until i come in oh okay and then the other day we went to a, a restaurant and some restaurants are dark yeah and they places there you know in atlanta that i do and I, I said, can you show me where the bathroom is? And she says, okay. And then she takes off. I'm like, wait a minute. I don't go that fast. It's dark in here. <laughs> and my son yelled at her. You know she can't see? Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's so used to me being, you know, the, doing what I always do. But then all of a sudden, hey, I can't. It's dark in here. And you can't, I can't tell where the chairs are at. And, you know, oh, okay. So she, she walks right in front of me. And I had a friend, um, Shirley. Uh, when we when I first retired, she would take we would go out shopping, and she says, "Liz, how do I know what you can't see and what you can't see? You you look like you can see." And I says, "Okay." They had these eye charts. I don't know if you guys are familiar with the eye charts that has all the different diseases. And mm -hmm. I said, "This is glaucoma." Now look at it. She goes, "I understand now." And that's the whole thing is getting people to understand what you can and what you cannot see. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So she goes, OK. I said, because here you are driving. I don't see you. I know you're there, but I can't see you. So she goes, OK, I understand. I see the card and I know what you can see, hmm. what your level is. I said, but I don't when we go grocery shopping, you don't need to be with me. If I hit something, I hit something. You know, I mean, yeah. bam, what are you, you, you going to do? I can't see. But that's what my son's. He always go to the grocery stores in the behind me. I said, you can just go. He says, no, because you never know when somebody's going to come out from an aisle. Then all of a sudden, I feel my shirt being pulled, yanked back. You touched on the good things, like not only is it like you getting used to vision loss, your family getting used to vision loss, uh, with you having that or having a family member, but even communicating what it's like because the people who don't have it. So that's Oh, that was pretty good. And I like how you, you have uh, sneakily taught uh, your granddaughter manners. That's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's perfect. It's perfect. Um, so, you know, one other question about glaucoma that I think I, I want to ask is, you know, glaucoma is a disease of eye pressure. Uh, eye pressure raises in the eye. There's multiple causes to that, but it can kill off your, your retinal ganglion cells over time. And right. that's what, that's what creates vision. And so, you know, when you think of there being pressure changes in the eye, too much pressure, is there pain associated with that? Um, you know, I never felt any pain. Uh -huh. You know, I mean, because I went from when I first started going, uh, I first I pressure test I remember was I was a uh, thirty two, 
-hmm. and now down to an eight. And I've been eight steadily for the past two years. Wow, so, that's really impressive. That, yeah, and I think that was had to do with um, some of the injections I've had. I had they had a what do you call it a stint or a shunt put in my eye. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, I got them in both eyes, but um, that happened. And then with the eye drops, you you know. I remember when the first doctor ever said, well, you know, if we take this surgery, you don't have to take eye drops every day. And I said, well, what's so hard about taking eye drops every day? I mean, it's a pain, but mm -hmm. I mean, that doctor, I don't, he, he's the one who screwed me up. So <laughs> he's trying to do what he wanted to do, but um, I said, nope, no more. And um, so I'm happy now. I mean, I'm living with it and I'm adjusting. So... And people, you know, people say, well, you got glasses. I says, yeah, but they're like eye protection for me mm. because even the one on the left is just plain glass or plastic, you know, because, and the only, I think the hardest part for me to do is where I put them because I forget where I put them. Mm. So now, I, you know, when you're in the service, they always give you these ugly black glasses, mm -hmm. which they changed. And um, so now my son thought I said, get bright ones. I said, it doesn't matter if I put them down, I wouldn't forget where I put them anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have that same problem and I can see just fine. I can't find my keys or my head in the mornings. I just right? you're old. I said, well, you got to do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so what do you, um, as we wrap up the interview here, um, is there anything important that you want to talk about? Yeah, uh, you think you think we might have missed or you want to share? The only thing I would say is that you know, when my son and I are out, and he'll notice it first, he'll see us a person with the cane, the white cane, because, mm -hmm. I mean, he has two eyes, I, you know, and he'll go up, and this is, you know, and he'll ask him, are you a veteran? Um, he'll bring that person over to me, and I usually carry business cards, mm -hmm. to them what the BBA is, <clears throat> and I give him my number out, I, wow. and, uh, <clears throat> wow. Water didn't work. So anyway, um, it's just that if, if a veteran or any blind person, because I belong to the National Federation of the Blind, if any person is having any issues with their eyesight, they should get in contact with someone. Don't mm -hmm. just don't live it, you mm -hmm. know, because you're cutting out your life. There's mm -hmm. a lot going on that you know that you can continue doing. And it, it may not be the same, but at least you're doing something instead of just being in the house or wherever you're at. Mm -hmm. So I would like to say is get involved with an organization like the BVA or, you know, and just spread the word that we're here. We, we know what you do. You know, we know what, what you're going through because we all been through it. So, yeah, I think uh, that's a really good message. You know, that's another thing that we've noticed going through this process and, and, and interviewing multiple uh, you know, veterans with vision loss is like learning that that there is so much left to do or that you can do when you lose vision or have low vision. Um, and I think that's a really important message to be had. Yeah. It, not, only, not only on the research side of uh, trying to find better solutions for it, but on the outreach side, uh, interconnecting everybody. And like you said, no, you're not alone and there's others that have gone through and, it. And my old thing was um, I was invited to do a turkey shoot. Well, I didn't want to shoot a turkey, but heck, am I going to shoot a turkey? I shot it. My, nice. my, my son ate it. I couldn't eat something I shot. I didn't eat it, you know, and oh, that's fair. I, turkey, anybody, you know? Mm -hmm. 
I, I even had the video where me shooting the turkey and, and the two guys that were my spotters, they were, they were like, she actually did it. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I hope you gave a smirk after that. <laughs> They're like, I won't believe it. I was like, hey, you told me to do it. There was a turkey. You had, had it. You know. Got it. <laughs> he got it. But like I said, my son ate it. I didn't, but. <laughs> well, oh, wild turkey is delicious I, I i have hunted turkey a little bit and i have friends that hunt turkey quite a bit i really like it you know uh you have an incredible amount of determination and it's really nice to see and you've been a wonderful interview and as we wrap up here i want to ask you a couple of fun questions that i ask everyone mm-hmm. that sort of become my shtick at the end of these podcasts is, <laughs> yeah you're probably a really busy human i mean you're the national secretary for the bva and you, uh, what do you do for fun? It is fun. <laughs> <laughs> no, no cop outs. What do you like? No cop outs. What do you, what do, you, do, like you do for non work? Yeah, non work fun. Non-work fun. <laughs> um, let me see. I watch old movies. Not, uh-huh. uh, now, you know, the, um, you heard of Me TV? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, I watch those. I like, I, I watch TV, the mystery movies, you know, Catlock uh, yeah. or, or um, Diagnosis murder. Yeah, the Waltons. I even watched that. You know, I just um, or I go to the Y, Uh and uh, join the Silver Sneakers, and I go to water aerobics. Oh, very nice. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Sorry. Uh My daughter just got home from school. Just give me one second while my dogs calm down. The, yeah. jo- the joy of doing interviews from your house, right? Yes. One, one second. Okay, I think they calmed down enough. <laughs> yeah, let's just say there's no sneaking in the home. <laughs> yeah. That's a good thing, you know. Oh, yeah. Um, because uh, if somebody tries to sneak in here, I know where the shotgun's at. And if you hear that chitching, you know, and. <laughs> That's awesome. put up uh, put up next uh picture of you getting the turkey i guess if you had a picture with the video oh, i can shoot a turkey in the neck i can certainly shoot a person <laughs> that's a first uh, that is a first on our podcast uh, this is wonderful this is great and, uh, and i know with the um I, I believe it or not i have a weapons permit so uh yeah my son and i go out shooting you know and he didn't like it when I, I, I did a better job than he did, but. <laughs> you can just tell him to go eat turkey. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, well, hey, I want to thank you so much for coming on. And uh, we look forward to chatting more in the future, okay? Okay, well, thank you very much. I appreciate it. This concludes today's Vets First podcast. For questions or comments relating to the program, please direct email correspondence to vetsfirstpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.